Investing insights with Right Property Group. Exploring trends in real estate and helping property investors gain financial security. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Investing Insights uh, podcast with Steve Waters and Victor Kumar from Right Property Group. And Vic, this is our second podcast back from Christmas, but the first filmed one. Yep. For uh, and the first time we've met physically this year as well. It is. Yeah. It seems like forever. Yeah. And you look very trim because uh, I think you uh, skipped all the eggnogs over Christmas. Do you know, it's funny. You know how a lot of people talk about putting weight on over Christmas? Mm. I'm the opposite. I... I seem to lose it because I don't know. I'm probably more active, and mm. you know, I'm not doing lunches and drinking coffee and all that sort of rubbish that goes along with it. So I'm fortunate. So maybe Super I should cream. be on, I should be on an uh, on an eternal holiday <laughs> to become fitter, both physically and mentally. Maybe. Yeah. Who Spe- knows? Speaking of holidays, it, it appears that the property market is still on holidays, isn't it? Well, it depends on who you mm-hmm. who you listen to and who you believe. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's a very very dynamic scenario that we have and we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a little later on but there is a lot of moving parts that are starting to form and shape 2022 mm. already of, of which we spoke quite a, a lot about what they would be late last yep. year and clearly between now and then there's been a whole heap of other um, factors that are potentially reshaping the market mm. take the take the virus and mm-hmm. this variant far more contagious perhaps than what was initially thought and that's had an absolute repercussion down Mm. the line through to everybody. Like as an example, I was in uh, Port Stephens for Christmas Mm -hmm. uh, and we spend three, four weeks up there. And while we were up there, I'd say that maybe a third of businesses, if not half of the businesses had to reduce their hours because of a lack of staff because everybody had Mm-hmm. COVID. Now that was just in my little locality, but it was it's a it's a worldwide uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. Hence the supply chain blockages and everything like that. So yep. those types of things that have happened between the end of last year and, and now are definitely having a you know, an effect. It's got a knock on effect, hasn't it? Absolutely, it has. How was your Christmas? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, we did a um, whole lot of nothing, mm-hmm. uh, which was um, really good for the for the mind and also um, reconnecting with the family, doing stuff together. Um, and um, uh, really catching up with a few friends that um, we knew um, weren't infectious because they actually did test recently. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I one of the things that um, um, really stood out for me this Christmas was that uh, the perspective of people towards life is changing and has changed do quite you think a bit. Do you think it's going back to what it was pre-COVID or starting to tilt that way or is it m- going more the other way around, sort of balance, you know, health, wealth, work? Mm. I think it's more health, wealth, work. Um, everyone's looking for that, um, um, I suppose, mental break because people have been working from home for two years and uh, the lines definitely have got gone blurred. Uh, so um, a lot of people that I've been talking with, uh, they've, they've not as anxious to get back to work, or if they're get going back to work, they've changed a few things around uh, to give themselves more family time, to give themselves more downtime as such, right? Because we, d- we didn't know how long this was going to last, so everyone was going full tilt. Mm. Um, and um, they, they're largely looking at working smarter um, rather than just putting in the long hours, uh, which is good, right? which is good, because it, it helps us innovate, uh, and it helps us re-evaluate things and uh, re-look at things as... Um, challenging the norm. It's a good point around innovation because since COVID, innovation has just gone to the next level mm-hmm. you know, in every dis- different aspect. And with innovation, somewhere buried deep in that are new habits yes. that have been formed, which will be very hard to shake. Mm-hmm. Call it the work from home scenario, the blended approach as a pretty obvious example, yeah. uh, or the way people live or how they work. Uh, is it all worth it? You know, the big deep question that mm. people have, these epiphanies, which then shape their decision-making going forward. And then when you have the majority or a big cohort that do so, that's when you start to see the trends. Yep. And the trends form data and everyone jumps on that mm-hmm. that bandwagon and so on. So it's been, a, it's been I, think, I think you're right, Christmas has been 
this holiday period has definitely been different from last, Very which was so. different from the year before. And, and you know, we often referenced it by saying that 2021 was just one long day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it felt like, yeah. one long day. And this break, I, I d- it, to me, it wasn't a break. It, it wasn't this distinctive line in the no. sand where everyone switched off. Uh, and maybe that's because of the the tempo of the different asset markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's because of the 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 what if, you know, what does next year hold? You mm-hmm. know, that perfect imbalance and everything that goes along with it. And so people are not really sure on which way to go. And even that, if you come back to setting goals, you know, what, yep. what are my goals this year? Well, I don't really know because I don't know where I'll be. I don't know where I'll be working. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, so many I don't knows. Yes. And then you throw in the white noise, which distorts everything else. And, and it's next level this year, isn't it? Yeah. And so you get the, you get an element of decision fatigue. Before you've even made the decision, so you just switch off. Yep. And then just carry on and mm. jog on. See, the easiest thing for people to do is not change, not do anything, and just plod along um, doing what they usually did, right? So, and and uh, when you start doing that, especially when there's change happening all around you, if you haven't changed your approach, you're going to get le- left behind. Well, it's comfortable, mm. isn't yeah, it? Really? That's right. Yeah. To do anything, mm. especially if you're getting a half decent result at whatever that looks like for you in, in whatever it is mm. and you become comfortable then yeah. why should you change? The problem with that is that everything else as you pointed out is changing around you even more so now and so within our asset class being property there are so many moving parts mm-hmm. always but probably more so now and then you throw in all these little things that are going to happen this year you know, yeah. potentially interest rates uh, cost of funding elections Mm. the media, the market's up, it's down, it's sideways, and then you throw in a few economists' uh, narrative in there as well. And the consumer just becomes, well, I don't know yeah. what to think yeah. or who to listen to. Exactly. And because so apparently everybody's got an agenda. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's hard to, so you get decision fatigue and you do mm. nothing. Mm. Because it's, it's an overload, right? So it's easy to um, just sit back and do nothing because that's the safest thing to do mentally. Uh, if you're not... Um, having the right rhetoric in your in your head in terms of what this year looks like uh, for you. Now, again, it's, it's not a general thing as in terms of what this year looks like. It's what it looks like for you based on your circumstances, based on I- even if you didn't have the New Year's goals and all that sort of stuff, what's, what's the general goal in life, right? And can we take baby steps this year to keep moving towards that goal? Absolutely. So on that, let's... I was going to give a quick market update, but maybe we'll do that in another mm-hmm. uh, podcast because it is fresh in the new year and there's no yeah. real momentum in any direction yet. Um, maybe we'll do that on our Facebook Live. That should be, yeah. yeah. That should be more um, more data by then. Yeah, absolutely, which is in a... Well, it's actually a couple of days, yeah. A couple of days. Yeah. From the time of this recording? Correct, yes. yep. Um, so today I thought we could talk about five things that you need to do to solidify your position mm-hmm. for 2022. Yeah. Now, this isn't a, a... What we're really talking about here is not some goal-orientated sort of rah-rah scenario. Mm-hmm. This is just some really good fundamental business-orientated steps. Taking care of business. Taking care of business to protect, to prosper, to whatever it may be to you because this year is going to be probably one of the most dynamic mm-hmm. on record. Yeah, I believe. And if you if you um, um, dial back to our last uh, video uh, podcast, uh, we did mention how what you do in the beginning of this year and the tail end of last year is going to shape your 2022 and 2023, uh, because what you do now will set up the momentum for the next couple of years. Yep, and beyond, mm. and beyond. All right, so let's get amongst it. So five things, and we're going to start with the the first point is one that we've been talking about since year dot. So mm-hmm. over 15 years ago, um, not we've been doing podcasts for 15 years, but it's been many years, but we've been talking about the same message for over 15 years. And that is look after the liquidity. Yep. Get liquid. Mm-hmm. Now, we mentioned that at the tail end of last year and we thought it would be important for us to talk about it at the beginning of this year because it is that fundamentally mm-hmm. essential because yep. it gives options whether it is sleep at night, 
risk, whether it's to execute opportunity, whether it's to diversify, whatever it may be. But most importantly, it's because you can. Mm. And so getting liquid now, while there's some pretty good comparables, hopefully, in and around you, lending is at a at a point in time where it is easier than it's going to be tomorrow. Yep. And so why not? There is no downside to liquidity mm-hmm. if you're disciplined. That's right. That's right. And and you, you have to go through the pain of providing paperwork, setting up those, you know, meeting those um, milestones to get liquid. Now, several things that um, uh, we need to look at in terms of liquidity, multiple things that, you know, just being liquid means just freeing up your equity. That's not just it. Uh, there's a whole lot of other things that you can do as well, such as mortgage restructures, rents, uh, looking at the diversity of your portfolio. So in other words, looking at the sellability of your uh, portfolio to say if things went wrong or if you wanted to capitalize on a really huge bull run in the market uh, separate to this, um, how easily can you sell down? Uh, because that, that's really important, right? Because if it's easy to sell down, then it's easy to fund. Correct. And so we often refer in the past around liquid markets Mm -hmm. as well. So I'm trying to identify markets that will more so than not be liquid. And what Mm -hmm. we mean about that, that is the saleability of that particular area, precinct, zone, suburb, whatever it may be, state Mm -hmm. in some circumstances as well. And the the, the mistakes that I see people make continually around that point, liquidity in the market is not how liquid it is today, how liquid is it going to be in a bad market tomorrow, mm. correct. And I'll, I'll give an example uh, of something that was, I think, around about the last quarter of, of last year uh, up in Queensland, up in the Brisbane region, which is a bit of a bull market at the moment, mm. as everybody knows. And we got contacted by uh, an agent who said, we've got coming up for sale, you know, number one Smith Street, it's XYZ, and it ticked all the boxes in what we were looking for. Um, we did all, the buyer's agent did all their analogy, their diligence, you know, sat views, uh, street views, data analysis, you know, all that good stuff. They went to the property, viewed the property, ticked all the boxes from a physical sense mm-hmm. until they walked out of the front door, walked up and down the street, and around about four doors down, and I've probably told the story to some people before, Four doors down behind a brand new hedge was the beginning construction of a power substation, yep. which was not on Google not imagery. On Google Maps. Yep. It wasn't on Street View. It wasn't anything because it was in its uh, infancy stages. Yeah. Now, in today's market, that so we pulled the pin straight in the bin, walk away. Mm. Even though everything else checked everything out. Everything yep. stacked up. And would it be liquid in today's market? Absolutely. Mm. But in tomorrow's market, even a normal market, it's going to have warts upon it, which would make it potentially less rentable, less saleable, less valuable, harder to you know, withdraw equity, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it was a it was a no deal yep. for us, and so that's the point around or a point around being liquid in a market, not today, but for tomorrow. In fact, judge the property in its worst scenario rather than its best. Yeah. You shouldn't, shouldn't be wearing rose-coloured glasses when you're looking at property. You need to be really looking at to say that things will go wrong, whether it is uh, in your personal finances or in the property market itself. How can you extract yourself out of this or how can you live to fight another day? So in other words, the property should not become a noose around your neck um, uh, financially. That makes sense, right? So um, yes, you will have your ups and downs of valuation. You'll have your ups and downs in terms of rent. But if you look at it from a viewpoint of, does it have the owner-occupier appeal? Does it have the ability to uh, sell down uh, if you you put two properties side by side? Is this a better property to sell down? Now, I know that most of us, when we start investing, we say we're not going to sell down this property. No one knows the future now, right? It may be that you need to sell down to fund something bigger and better or you may be selling down as part of a debt retirement and this is the property that you've chosen to sell down. Or there's things happening in the area where you want to exit out of that area. So you need to look at those things. Two things. You made some two really good points there. One, I'm going to tongue-in-cheek, are your rose-coloured glasses too thick? That should be the title of a book we should write. Yeah. (laughs) A romantic novel, is it? No, no, no. (laughs) No, it's not a Mills and Boone type 
to know, but are your rose-coloured glasses too thick? For actually, that? how many of you actually do know what mills and booms are? You know, um, I don't think they're around that much. Yeah, maybe Google it, but <laughs> spell it correctly. It's <laughs> the other point that you made was around the viability of a mm-hmm. essentially of a, of a property in a certain and given point in time, and if you're if you're judging a property based on everything going right for the future, based on your circumstances and your goals, it's a very dangerous mm-hmm. inflection point that you're going to force yourself into yep. because your goals will change. And, and whilst everybody has a, has a goal when they begin, well, they should, mm. uh, and we help establish what those goals are, and usually it's around income, uh, income mm-hmm. replacement. You listen to everybody else, it's about how to generate $100,000, $200,000, whatever it may be, $50,000 worth of passive income from property. And there's a reason that we all tend to speak about that because it's a tangible, mm-hmm. tangible goal. But what I can nearly guarantee between inception and uh, execution. execution and then the time you reach that goal, your plan, your goals will change a yeah. hundred times over. Goals can't be set in stone. No, and it might not even be about income. Mm. It might be about uh, the eradication of debt on a principal place of residence. It might be expanding the principal principal place of residence, mm-hmm. different share classes, start a business, you know, whatever it may be. So when we talk about goals, make sure that the strategy that you impl- implement, which should uh, involve liquidity mm-hmm. in all aspects, as we've just talked about, be flexible enough to be able to cater for your changes in circumstances rather than just making you be in this one lane. Yeah. Because life is not about that. No, it's not. And um, uh, y- you mentioned liquidity in that sense. So uh, just to flesh that out a bit more, um, if it's liquidity in terms of the portfolio itself, um, all you need to do is go back to the broker and uh, get them to help you access the equity um, so that you can park that away for a rainy day or you can park that away for a uh, opportunity of a lifetime. Or when lending is no longer as easy, that's when you can capitalize because cash is king at the end of the day. And uh, the person with most cash around that time will be able to capitalize on a lot more opportunities. So you, uh, you extract the money out, park it into an offset account, uh, and don't touch it unless it's part of the plan. Have it before you need it, mm-hmm. as we've always talked yeah. about. But once again, as I mentioned earlier on, around the point of liquidity, liquidity is useful and good for those that are disciplined. It's, an yep. o- it's like an offset facility, essentially, is going to be. Mm. And if you're not disciplined and if you're tempted uh, to live life large and utilise that liquidity that you have, well, then more for you. I mean, yes, you mm. should reward yourself and live life. I mean, you don't want to be a miser and die with everything but nothing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just be very careful about how you spend yep. your liquidity. And side note, document it. Mm. How you spend that liquidity and whatever it may be, because I can guarantee the ATO is going to be looking at you very, very closely. Absolutely. In fact, they've come out and they've said that, mm. as they do every year. Yeah. So, Mr. and Mrs. Investor, you're on our wiki list. All right, point number two, review and reassess. Now, this is a very, very important point, and it goes somewhat in hand with what I mentioned a minute ago around goals changing. It's not your Because your goals will change, you need to review and reassess. <laughs> and it sounds like such a simple step in the process, mm. but it's amazing how many people don't. Yeah, I'll, I'll give a really simple analogy, right? So we, we're traveling in a direction and we decide to go to a different destination because we change our mind halfway through. You have to actually reset your navigator to go to the new destination, not continue on the same road going to the original destination because you won't reach a new destination if you, if you continue down that path. Or it's like plugging in the destination to avoid tolls. Yeah. There's a cost of business to get That's there quicker. Yeah. So spend it. But the the review and the reassess, let's look at the subsets of that because there's many different facets. So mm-hmm. apart from the obvious about reviewing your current situation, um, review your goals, uh, being able to pivot within the environment that's dealt to you, mm-hmm. being world, life, uh, then making the most of it because you can. So back to point one, might be around about being liquid. Yep. Etc. But the other points about reviewing, and I'll just rattle off a few from the top of my mind, it could be something as simple as the cash flow position around your portfolio. Mm-hmm. And that's from a pre-tax and a post-tax 
scenario, point yeah. of view. Both very, very important. Um, once again, amazing how many people don't know that. Mm. And because it's ever moving, you yeah. know, fixed rates, variable rates, P&I, interest only, debt recycling. So it's an ever moving beast, but mm. you should have your finger on that pulse uh, ever so quickly all the time. Um, or another reviewing uh, aspect might be, let's look at the replacement value in insurance. And yeah. Disclaimer, not giving insurance advice. That's a big one. It's a huge one, right? But not nine out of 10 people won't think of it. And here's, here's the reason why. Because if the worst case scenario happens, your house gets hit by lightning, it burns to the ground, what's the cost of replacement? Mm-hmm. What the cost of replacement is today is very, very different, some 30% to what it was last year yep. or two years ago. So insurance is never set in stone. Once again, big disclaimer, not advice. Speak mm-hmm. to an expert. But because the cost of construction is going up, the cost of materials, labour, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is up, so should to be the cost of replacement. Mm. Therefore, your insurance needs to change. Once again, speak to an expert about it um, because it's, your, it's one of your biggest assets and yep. you don't want to be penny-pinching on a few dollars on your premium mm. to most not be adequately insured. Most people, uh, when they look at insurance, they, um, like you said, they penny-pinch, right? So for the sake of you know one or $200, they may get into an inferior product or actually underinsure and... Um, Insurance is something that uh, you know you're taking out and hope that you don't need, right? So um, when you do need it, you you want to be um, you know, having the best cover possible. So that's that's something that uh, you really need to take to heart. That don't don't penny pinch, but certainly look at the fine print, talk to an expert, uh, and make sure that uh, you've got the right insurance based on your circumstances, based on the property itself, and and of course um, when you're talking about uh, reviewing things. It's not just the property, it's everything around the property, right? Your income is, wha- what helps you hold on to the property? It's the income, it's the serviceability, it's, it's the lending flexibility uh, and the rent. So you need to be reviewing all these things, right? How are you generating income? Are you protecting it? So in other words, income protection in a sense, so speak to your financial planner. Um, how are you protecting the income from the property? In other words, landlord's insurance. How are you protecting the actual asset? Now there are two assets here at play. One is the building, so you need to have building insurance. The second is you, as in um, uh, y- 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 your ability uh, to earn income and, your and, and whether you're around or not. So if you're not around, in other words, life insurance, how does that translate into debt reduction if you're not around? So life insurance is really important as well, depending, again, on where you are in your portfolio, your age and all this sort of stuff, because there's a cutoff point, I suppose, where the premiums no longer benefit the benefits. Mm. Speak to a, an advisor. Yes. Yep. It's um, but very good points because in today's market, if you're not assessing your rent in a quarterly manner, mm-hmm. you're leaving money on the table. Yeah. yeah. And that could go down to how you set your leases, how quickly or in front do you start activating new leases and assessing the market, speaking to your property manager, etc., so that you're reaping the rewards of your commercial asset, mm-hmm. meaning residential real estate which will clearly affect the bottom line in your survivability, your ability to control the portfolio, but also from a serviceability yeah. point of view. So it's, there's two facets mm. to that. just want to quickly make a side point or example, context around uh, the cost of construction. I was speaking to a client the other day doing a review and they're in, uh, their business is around uh, supplying air conditioning and installing air conditioning in the, in the real estate mm-hmm. space around new constructions. They're out till April now before new air conditioning units land in Australia to be able to install. Mm. But that's only one little point. You think, okay, well, that's not a biggie in the scheme of things unless you're the one waiting for the OC, the occupation certificate, to move into that place. Um, But he gave me an example which blew my mind. And we alerted everybody to the cost of construction going up probably a year and a half ago. So watch this space. Did we know that it was going to go up by 30 40%? Probably not, but we knew it was going to go up. But here's a real example of what's happening now. So once again, they're in the construction industry, a lot of new house and land packages in the throughout New South Wales in this instance. There's such a shortage of brickies mm. and bricks that what they're doing now is the houses are being built, so the frames are up, they're internally lined, they're wired, they're plumbed, they're fixed, 
you know, roughed out, so industry terms, all painted, all internals, almost ready to go, except the bricks. But there's no bricks. Mm. So it's a fr- so they've almost built it in what's traditionally the reverse mm-hmm. way. So frames are up, internal linings, then the bricks on last when they're probably the second or third stage of, of construction because there's such a labour shortage of, a, of bricklayers. Yep. And months, months behind. Mm-hmm. And with that comes a whole heap of other problems is theft, mm. wires being stripped out, copper pipe or whatever it may be being stripped out. But you, you just wouldn't have, I would have never have thought, I've been doing this now for a gazillion years, I would have never have envisaged that would be the p- mm-hmm. an absolute potential problem. Yeah, they're building the house somewhat in the reverse manner. It just that's a really good example of the bottlenecks of tyres mm. within the construction industry, and I don't think people have got a grasp on how deep it is that runs. And and uh, understanding that builders rely on projects finishing on time. That's what I'm getting. Cash flow, right. correct. And so there will be builders that go to the wall. Yeah, unfortunately, which we talked about a year ago. Ago. So really, really good example. So. Review and reassess, and that should be a constant. Mm-hmm. It's not a once a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It should be. What do you do it every Sunday night or something? Every Sunday night. Yeah. 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 Just five minutes, right? Just takes five minutes. So once you get into the habit, uh, and and you've got a f- uh, process, just takes five minutes. Five minute conversation, looking at reports, and obviously at the end of the month, it's it's a bit longer because you've got all the data. Oh, the reconciliation. Yeah. yeah. But unless you're looking at it regularly, you can't correct it. That's a really good point. And once you create the processes for reviewing your scenario and, and what have you, it becomes habitual. Yeah. Yeah, whether it's every Sunday, it might be a little bit over the top, but or it could be every second week mm-hmm. or every whatever it is to yeah. you, every quarter, whatever. Yeah. But it's you need to build the process and you mm. need to build the habits. Once again, to sort of flog the dead horse with this analogy, you've got a potentially a multi-million dollar business and do you think any self-employed person out there with a with a business is sitting back, just working and not really doing the numbers, Neil? Maybe there are, but they won't be around for too long. Mm-hmm. So you know, won't treat it with respect. Yeah. So uh, d- something simple that you can do, right, is um, we all have appointments during the day. Maybe once a month, you skip lunch and slot in that appointment where you're reviewing things with the partner. It's as simple as that. If you've got into that habit and have that recurring appointment in your diary. Uh, it's really easy. Yeah, it is. Do it over dinner. Mm. All right, third point, finance, 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 yep. finance. And once again, these are really obvious points, but perhaps not so obvious when we dig a little deeper. Mm. As we all know, it's a game of finance. That's what everything else revolves around that. So the the points or the, the steps this year that you need to start to act upon is all about facilitating finance, which mm-hmm. could somewhat go in hand in hand with liquidity, liquidity yeah. as well. But what you're doing today is going to affect what you can service tomorrow. Mm. And I, it's really important that everybody knows that. And a, and a good example is you can't buy a new car today, generally speaking, without it being a, a wait yeah. of six months, four months, a year, you know, in your case, three years. <laughs> It's uh, that's because I can't make a decision. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> d- decision fatigue. Um, but what that entails is a small deposit to the car mm-hmm. seller. Yep. But there's no real finance application until you get closer to it. Mm. There's going to be a direct result or um, output on your finance capacities moving forward. Now, if you're in a consolidation phase and you're not really doing anything and you need a new car, you know, so be it. We're not telling you how to spend your money. What we're saying is be super methodical in the way that you approach everything and anything that is going to affect your finance mm-hmm. moving forward because finance is as good as it gets today. Yeah. It is not going to get easier. In fact, it's going to get harder, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Banks now have the ability to data share, so to speak, you know, in a really simplistic way. Mm-hmm. There's no hiding things. Or it could be not around expenditure, it could be how you report on it. Yeah, There are so many different facets, income, expenditure, just the simple stuff. Mm. But if your plans are to expand or create a portfolio in whatever the asset class is, where there is borrowings involved, and you want to leverage, then 
start today. Mm. You mentioned one thing, which was uh, bank sharing data, right? And and um, this is, um, if you haven't got your own credit rating, my, su- my suggestion is get a copy. You'll be amazed as to what data is there. One of the really simple things is, as your portfolio increases and there's many juggling balls that you've got in the air, um, you tend to lose perspective of where your accounts are, right? So an account may become overdrawn and uh, you attend to it, say, five days later because that's that's what, uh, you know, you've logged in next or you got the call, call from the bank. It actually goes onto your credit rating now and gets shared by the banks to say, okay, frequent overdrawn accounts. Your credit card li- uh, limit is frequently exceeded. These are habits that you need to... Um, make sure that you, you're looking at these accounts on a more regular basis so it doesn't actually make it to your credit rating because it actually reduces your point score and uh, therefore as most lending is now starting to get automated uh, it'll become more and more difficult to get money a, an example of that was um, i have a client whose loan got reduced in terms of lvr position and borrowing capacity because he he did miss two payments mm-hmm due to circumstances around COVID and being away and, you know, da 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 an oversight. Yep. Uh, and the bank has just said, you've got to wait six months. If you want a better product or take this one that we're giving you right now, which is a pretty ordinary product, you need to wait six months. Mm-hmm. There's plenty in the bank. There's plenty of capacity. There's plenty of serviceability, but the banks have just said, that's the rule. Yep. And it's going to get worse. Mm. Serviceability calculations are going to get tighter lvr positions are going to reduce this is just what's going to happen Um, cost of funding is going to go up whether it be from an rba level or a funding there's no doubt about that no doubt about that Um, there's going to be many many moving parts that is just going to reduce capacity moving forward full stop end of story you know bitch and moan and whinge about it but that's just a fact of Mm -hmm. life but we're They've been used to very low credit ratings and, uh, sorry, interest, uh, rates. interest rates and ease of money mm. and credit flow. And that's not normal, what we've just had. Yeah. So we need to prepare for it. And once again, finance is at the epicenter of everything. So that's the biggest cost. Get it right. Mm. And what you do now might be a six month process to put you in a position to be able to get the right funding. Yeah or to start, or to refinance, whatever it looks like to you. Mm-hmm. And as your portfolio becomes larger, uh, it does take longer to get finance, uh, especially in today's market. So a really simple thing I- in terms of, because money is fairly easy to get in comparison right now, um, you should really review all of your mortgages. And, and this is where a decision-making point comes into play, right? Let's say that you uh, are planning to move from PAYG into self-employed, say, 1st of July need to start now, get all of your ducks lined up, get your all of your mortgages restructured. Even if you've got, say, a fixed loan that's, uh, let's say, expiring in September, depending on how much the break fees are, you take that hit right now so that you can reset your mortgages because once you're self-employed, you're out of the market for at least a year mm. before you can borrow. Yeah, and could be mat leave, mm. as an example. Um, yeah. There are so many different reasons as to why to do it mm. that should be just massive trigger points for you to actually activate something now yeah um, well ahead of the curve don't chase it because when you're starting to chase via pre-approvals or the approvals it's usually too late too late yeah and finance we could actually <laughs> well i'll come back a step this is where a really good broker is worth their mm. weight in gold you need to share with them your intentions for the year, the next two Correct. years. Correct. And be very open and frank with them. Don't try and they're, they're on your side, so don't hide anything from them so that they can formulate what would be the best scenarios for you. Not mm. just one scenario, not just any product, but here are the reasons why we suggest X, Y, Z, one, two, three. And then educate you as to the reasons why based on what you need. So mm. a good broker is worth their gold. Also... An accountant, because yep. accountant ties into finance as well, especially for those that are self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be collaboration between us as advisors, accountants and, and brokers. Broker. Yeah, and, and I want to stress that the collaboration between the three of us will pay dividends without fail. Mm. Um, and then you could even throw financial planning into that. Mm. 
as well for different people for different reasons. Yes. Um, and not everyone needs all, all four people at the table. Uh, it no. could be that as your portfolio is starting, it's just uh, us and the and the mortgage broker. But as the portfolio grows, it's involving the accountant. Uh, and then uh, when the portfolio reaches uh, a much larger size, you're getting all four on the table at once. In a collaborative approach. Mm. And, and But even in the beginning stages, the, the, the accountant, as an example, might be giving reference or suggestions around entity. Yeah. Uh, in line with what the broker's saying and what the advisor is suggesting in mm -hmm. terms of the where and the what and price points and what have you. So they are everyone is on your side. Use them wisely mm -hmm. so that you can make an informed decision. Okay. So finance, pretty obvious one, but there are going to be so many people that are the horses bolted shut the gate yeah. after the fact. When now is the most crucial time because of the pivot that we're going to see in the market around mm -hmm. these different factors and circumstances, be ahead of the curve. Don't sort of chase the tail. Mm. You'll regret it. The next one, and this is the one that we get every couple of years. Well, it's always there, but it, it's, it's amplified at certain times, and that's the white noise. It's, there are so many things that are going to happen this year, and we sort of said at the beginning of the at the end of last year and at the beginning of this podcast around 2022 is going to be a massive year for a lot of different reasons, mm -hmm. good and bad for some, um, unfortunately. But the white noise will help shape the decisions of the uneducated. Yeah. I mean, you need to make, you need to listen, you need to know what other people's opinions are and then make your own, uh, then make your own educated decision mm -hmm. on which way you should move. But there's going to be so many pieces of information that it, you could quickly fall into the trap of decision fatigue or making reactive decisions and just jumping into something just because you, you were going to miss out or because it was a great pitch mm -hmm. to you or it was um, sensationalistic that it amped you up or put fear into you or whatever. And so the big one is it's in, in no particular order. We've got a federal election. Yep. So here we go again. It's uh, they're going to be a whole heap of people that sit on the sidelines and say, I'm going to wait until. Yeah. Whatever that looks like to them, whether it's shares, business, property, whatever. I'm going to wait until I see a result. To be fair to them, though, there's, there are some people that probably should mm. wait and see. But for the majority, it's is, is it really going to be the end of the world, whoever gets in? As long as you've looked after your own backyard, you know where you're going, you've covered all these other steps that we've talked about. It's no different. It's no different. Mm. And yeah, depending on who you listen to will help formulate the decision. So if you're, on, if you're on the left or the right, or you'll just naturally start to digest that mm. information. So we've got the election. That's a, that's a big one. We've got um, inflation. Yep. There's another one. But we won't go into it, but there's also a byproduct of inflation. Mm. There's a reason for it and there's a byproduct of it. Um, which we can talk about at a different time. Yeah, and then we've also got, uh, you know, the um, subtle hints by RBA that, yes, the rates are going to go up. Maybe it's later this year. Maybe it's early next year. Uh, there's no definitive uh, there, but they've started weaving that into their conversation as well, right? And, and so, of course, a few commentators have latched onto that and made it into a sensational headline to say RBA is saying that um, interest rates will definitely go up in the, in the next quarter. Um, you know, you can you can morph that in many ways. The bottom bottom line is that no one can predict the future. One thing we can guarantee is that the rates will go up. When it'll go up, we don't know. No one knows. No one knows. We can all have a guess. And you know, when you've got the RBA sort of weaving into the to the narrative, which they have to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're as good as anybody else. They're probably better than anybody else in assessing e economies and from a macro and micro point of view. But because we're in such a dynamic and fickle environment at the moment the data's not there yeah who, who's gonna who's looking into the murky crystal ball and saying well this is what's going to happen without fail mm. and anyone who says that is just a, an imbecile but soapbox time get on <laughs> it's um the so the, the the rba have got that narrative the banks in the last week have come out and started to give their forecasts on 2022 2022 um, now, I'm not going to get into the argument or the, the debate around whether they're, they're right, they're wrong, they're close, they're not. Mm. Let's just 
all I'll say is let's just go back to the beginning of COVID and leave it at that. Yeah. 30% down. Yeah. But they, they might be right. Like we can't have, there are areas that can't have that level of growth and mm. sustain it for some time. So there will be a retraction in some areas at some point in time because that's called a cycle. Yeah. That's what a business cycle is. That's what an economic cycle is. But trying to, trying to narrate when it will happen, mm -hmm. when they don't even know what's happening within their own house for the next 12 months, going back a couple of minutes, I don't think anybody does. No. So if we look after the fundamentals, that there's that big F word again. But if we look after just the basic stuff, we'll be in good stead. Yeah. So a, a lot of people, um, they um, look at it and say, well, look, there's going to be a definite slowdown, so uh, you know, I'll hold back. Uh, and uh, because we don't know when the slowdown is, and uh, we are also not looking at it from a from a right now, right here point of view to say that, okay, I'm going to make money overnight. Property is a medium to long term. If you have that approach, provided you've bought in the right areas, and you've bought with the right intentions, which is really more important than the right area, in my opinion, um, you, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Over time. Yeah. And if you look after the fundamentals, the mm -hmm. basic stuff, cash flow, that's it. set yourself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, I actually agree. And I think that too many people overcomplicate it. Mm. Like they really, really do. Um, is there a levels of complexity behind the science of real estate and investing in any asset class? Absolutely there is. But how deep do you go before you actually make a decision to actually do something? And so yeah, just one quick point on that. And it's probably to reiterate what we talked about late last year, middle of last year, and if you go further back three years ago, and that is around the supply scenario that we are entering into. And we've talked about this two, three years ago and more so towards the end of last year. And COVID has accentuated the point, to be fair, as well. But rents are going up everywhere. Yeah. The supply is, is decreasing, the demand is increasing, and then the federal government comes out I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, from the time of this recording, saying as of late February, the international borders are open for mm -hmm. double vaxxed. Yep. Now, whether that means the gates are open and there's going to be a quadrillion people walk through the gates, I don't think so, but it'll be a, a ramping mm -hmm. up process, which will put more demand on the supply that we don't have. So rents will go up. So again. rents will go up again. Then you throw in the, the, the point of, well, the supply chain bottlenecks, where's the construction going to to facilitate the accommodation that's necessary and that wheel spins mm -hmm. you know that that circle of of supply and demand spins and then just naturally as rents go up the commercial viability of the asset becomes more attractive maybe the cost to hold doesn't change even if interest rates go up because yep. our rents have gone up and these are all the things that I'm sure a lot of people aren't thinking of in terms of the experts, in terms of the economists and, and what have you, because it's just all data-driven and, mm. and, and scenarios, to be fair, and, and modelling without the humanology, we would, without the human aspect <laughs> thrown in there yeah. for the future. But once again, the white noise is probably the, the biggest deterrent, but the biggest enabler of markets as well. Mm with the help of technology and the social media Especially platforms. Especially in today's market, yeah. And I guess one of the things, uh, as, as a um, um, closing point on white noise, is that you need to look at it from a viewpoint of how does that apply to you? Does it even apply to you? And um, is this uh, viewpoint in your portfolio going to change in the long run? Correct. Good point. Great point. And the last point on points. How many times can I say points? Points. It's um, we'll give you a point for that. Multiple points. <laughs> it's um, execution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody has the w the best, well laid plans. Until it's not a strategy until you mm -hmm. can execute. Yeah. Up until that, it's just a modelled out theoretical plan. Mm. And most people fail to execute, and that doesn't mean purchase either. By the way, it could mean you're executing to consolidate. Maybe you're selling one or two assets. Maybe you're diversifying into different asset classes. Maybe you're getting liquid because you've reviewed and reassessed and changed your finance mm -hmm. position, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But those that do nothing because it's just too hard yeah. or life gets in the way, to be fair, that's, that's, the, that's that point 
that's right don't get caught up too much in the detail right so you need to look at it from a principal point of view so in in one of the podcasts we had um, mentioned about uh, one of the um, um, failures of would-be investors and it is more ready aim 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 mm, yeah and they forget fire right so you need to go ready aim fire um traditional approach uh, for most first-time investors is ready fire aim so it's, it still needs to be in the right order right ready aim fire yeah and as we mentioned unless you can execute it's mm. it's it's not a strategy it's a concept yep. yep and you need to get all these other points in place because people don't have an information problem mm. there is so much information out there thanks to technology social media and the interweb and what have you they have so people don't have an information problem they have an execution yeah problem because sometimes there's too much mm. they don't know what the first step is yeah yeah or if they know what the first one is they don't know what the second mm. or the third and yeah because it's it's there is so many steps mm. you know, and we've shown in our process that when when you purchase there's 72 steps mm. 72 that's just in property let alone other asset classes yep. in combination with. So when there's that many steps and you are dealing about large volumes of money because it is a very high widget cost property that just inertly you want to get it right yeah, or you just have a crack and scattergun approach to the, to the process. And that's where I believe people fall down is because they don't know what the process is mm -hmm. or the process over the top just seems too much when it doesn't actually have to be when you've got the right support yeah. in there. So execution, 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 execution yet again. Yet again. And we stress that doesn't mean about purchasing. No. It means about execution of the process. Yeah. Whatever the asset class is, whatever the help, whatever the advice, whatever it is. Mm. And it, it does take time, right? It does take effort. So you need to actually set time aside, uh, be disciplined about it to actually give the time your portfolio deserves, give the time your financial well-being deserves. Um, and it could be something as simple as sitting down with all of your numbers, uh, reviewing it with the accountant well ahead of end of financial year, so that it gives you a direction. Could be um, you know, actually talking to a broker, coming back to liquidity and, and um, uh, you know, uh, resetting your mortgages, so that you could actually do that construction, or you actually take a proactive approach and say, you know what, the cost is too high. I'm going to stay the execution of this, but I will execute this plan now. Which could be another purchase, could be another a sale. It yep. could also be selling down an asset as well. Constructing a secondary income stream mm -hmm. within the property, whatever. There's a thousand different reasons, but just do something. It's mm -hmm. not, I guess you could sum it up by saying, and this will go against what a lot of, people within our space say it is it's not passive no it's not it's far from mm. passive it doesn't need to consume you but it needs the respect of time it leads it needs gentle taps along the way to keep it turning yeah like a like hoop. a rolling wheel yeah like a hoop like a hoop anything to add around execution Rick? nothing hula <laughs> i was actually wondering how long it take you before you applied your Huma Huma. <laughs> it's, um, it's pretty good on those points. All right. Well, that's it. Yep. That's it for the five points. Get liquid, review and assess, finance, cut out the white noise, execute and do something, mm. whatever it looks like to you, to execute. And this year, 2022, will be a huge year with all the different moving parts. Mm -hmm particularly this year and if you just bury your head in the sand or if you do nothing well that's your choice but we would strongly recommend that yeah. you don't um don't get caught out at the last minute we would urge you all mm. uh, just be really be really deliberate about the actions that you take um you get them going soon don't wait till the end of the financial year don't wait till after the election start the process now yeah. whatever that may look like because the processes now take longer as well oh good point mm. you know i've had one little loan going now for six months and mm -hmm. it's still not there yeah it's um 
talking about just to finish on because I might have mentioned it in the last year. So we, for those that don't know, I've one of the dogs in my um, portfolio okay. from many, many, many moons ago. Service department off the plan on the water holiday let area. Perfect, perfect storm, <laughs> and I, I've had that now for twenty odd years, and I mentioned that we we were selling it because if you're ever going to sell that type of property it may as well be in the midst of COVID so COVID has been kind to that asset I guess as everybody thinks they're going to work on a holiday let area anyway so we 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 signed a contract and and sold it and the grand sum in terms of the spread between when we purchased it to the day that we sold it 20 years ago forty thousand dollars is that quite money on paper Forty. <laughs> so, what was your holding cost though per year? Uh, six trillion dollars. <laughs> it, um, it, uh, it. Yeah, fortunately, we don't really owe anything on it. But it's it. Um, the the planning and the process of that was to wait for the right time. Yeah. To make it a saleable item because up until this phenomenon of COVID, it was not saleable. No. At mm-hmm. all, full stop, no matter what the price was. And this was a classic example of emotional investing in inverted commas. It was, it, emo- yeah, emotional investing with a hint of arrogance, ego, and clueless enthusiasm. And rose-coloured glasses. And rose-coloured glasses, chapter two. It's, um, so anyway, it's gone. So that'll be the last time you hear me talk about that one. It's Maybe. Um, or no, not. I've got this um, apartment for sale, if you wanted one. It's a serviced apartment up the coast got two of yeah no it's uh yeah i i, I doubled down on it <laughs> <laughs> you doubled something it's um <laughs> but there it is folks look really good to be back doing the film version again for the yep. first one of 2022 big year big things happening uh for us mm-hmm. as well which we will roll out during the year um our facebook lives are every every second, second thursday. thursday yep um i had to look at you then just to say that's, has that changed um, clearly, we've got the podcast that we do. This one, we've got uh, the one with uh, Phil Tarrant from mm-hmm. Momentum Media and Smart Property Investment, uh, and you'll catch us on other stuff as well. Yes, so, so good to be back. Everybody take care. We hope you all have an awesome year. We'll see you next time. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you.